Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, got a little update on Darren Waller's contract extension conversations. Plus, the team had a handful of players in for visits late last week. We'll tell you who they are and how they can fit with the team. Plus, it's finally game week, and a very sharp football mind talks about the Raiders and why they could be the best team in football if they can get this certain area of the team playing at a high level. Your calls and texts will close things out. It's all coming up on Monday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, Labor Day, September 5th, 2022. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're the win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. Welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the Locked On Raider Podcast free and available on all platforms. And today's episode is actually being brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You can pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code locked on and uh, welcome into another edition of the show and Raider Nation. We have finally made it. You know, it's one thing when we got to the preseason and we knew it was game week, but now it is game week of a regular season game coming up on Sunday. The Raiders will take the field in L.A. SoFi Stadium versus the Chargers for the very first game of the 2022 season. So very excited about that. And I know we're getting off to a little bit later start on this Labor Day. And uh, the reason for that is, Raider Nation, this is really the last day. Today is really the last kind of relaxation day. You kind of soak it all in. You you recharge the battery and realize that it's full throttle until the Super Bowl's over. I mean, it's just simple as that. Until the Super Bowl's over, it is full throttle. You know, dip your head into a tank of gasoline, light it on fire with a match. I mean, just go. You uh, you kiss the wife, you give her a hug and say, hey, everything's good, but I'll see you in February. It's as simple as that. So uh, took a little bit of time to, to chill this morning and relax and really kind of enjoy this final day, this final little vacation day before it gets real. And it's going to get real all week long. But uh, again, thank you so much for hopping onto the show and checking it out on this Labor Day, or maybe even, you know, who knows, maybe this is something that you're listening to on Tuesday. Maybe you were off on Labor Day as well. You decided to, you know, take a little bit of chill time for yourself. Either way, it is all good. We're here for you. But let's go ahead and get into the news and notes. And uh, as I was watching Get Up on ESPN early this morning, Jeremy Fowler was talking about Darren Waller and his new agent, Drew Rosenhaus, how they're working on getting a deal done before week one. Well, guess what? This is the week leading up to the week one game against the Chargers. So if there's something that's going to happen, it sounds like, at least from Jeremy Fowler's point of view, it's going to get done this week before the Charger game. They're looking to add three years onto his current deal. So he has two years left on his deal. He has no guaranteed money. But what they're trying to do, according to Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, is they're trying to add on three extra years onto his contract. So again, about five years. They're talking about him retiring as a member of the Raiders. So who knows how long he wants to play, but that would give him five years total. And he's 29 going on 30 years old right now. So uh, you do the math, right? But uh, sounds like there could be a deal coming down the pipeline sooner rather than later as quickly as this week. 
Also on Friday, the Raiders had in many players for visits, and they've been doing this all week long, ever since the 53-man roster was announced and the practice squad was announced. There's a lot of tweaks uh, that they're going to make with the roster. But the one thing that they have not done yet is they haven't signed an offensive lineman, at least not for the active roster. They signed an offensive lineman onto the practice squad, but not one onto the active roster. But on Friday, they tried out veteran linebackers Alec Ogletree and Reggie Raglan. They both played for uh, Patrick Graham last season in New York. And then they also brought back and tried out defensive back T.J. Carey and Jaron Williams. And yeah, I say brought back T.J. Carey because you remember he was a member originally of the Silver and Black when he was drafted back in the day. So uh, they had a bunch of guys in for visits, none of them on offensive line. They did have Joe Hag on in for a visit on Thursday, but he eventually signed with the Cleveland Browns. So that was the offensive lineman that they brought in. Uh, so yeah, it seems like right now, going into week one of the regular season, they're pretty okay, I guess. Feeling okay about the position that they're in with the offensive line. I would think if they were going to sign somebody, and now that I say that this, you know, they'll probably sign him as soon as this show's over, but uh, I would think that they would already have signed an offensive lineman if they were looking to bring someone in from the outside just so they can get in some work with the current guys on the offensive line try to become one cohesive unit. That offensive line is one area that you it's really difficult just to bring a dude in off the street and say, here, go block, right? I mean, yeah, he could do that, but you also have to know what the other guys next to you are doing. So uh, I'd be shocked to see if uh, another guy, offensive lineman, signed to the active roster this week. But again, now that I said that, it probably will happen, right? So uh, none of those guys that they brought in, Alec Ogletree or Reggie Ragland, none of those guys were signed. TJ Carey wasn't signed. Jaron Williams wasn't signed. They're just basically kicking the tires on these guys, see what they have, and in case of emergency, they know exactly where they can go. Okay, hey, we tried out Reggie Ragland. He was really good. Okay, if we need a, another linebacker, boom, we can go there. Or Alec Ogletree, who's worked with Patrick Graham, so he knows the scheme already. Uh, you know, that's that's what they're looking for. Not like they're looking at him saying, we need these guys immediately. They're just looking in case of emergency, break glass. So those are just the news and notes as far as guys that were visiting with the Raiders and also Darren Waller's contract uh, extension conversation. It sounds like that could be coming down the pipeline sometime this week. Now, before I get too late into the show and I run out of time, I want to go back to some of the Raider alumni conversation I had uh, at Allegiant Stadium right before the week four game or the preseason game number four for the Raiders with the Patriots. So many different guys that I had an opportunity to talk to. And it's so funny. I just it took so long to get all the different conversations out, but definitely going to get them all in on today's show. We're going to close things out. And uh, one of my favorite conversations with, with Jerry Robinson, he was a guy that uh, I met on the way to Canton, Ohio for the the Hall of Fame. He was actually on the plane next to me, and we talked the whole way there. We were talking while we were in Canton, Ohio, and then got a chance to catch up with him at Allegiant Stadium before that uh, Patriot game for Alumni Weekend. So here's that conversation with Raider, former Raider linebacker Jerry Robinson. We're here with Jerry Robinson. And, Jerry, we were just uh, in Canton, Ohio for Cliff Branch being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Now you're here for the big alumni reunion, over 300 of you guys. What does this mean to you? You can blow my ear again, Jim. He's always blowing on something, man. Anyway, anyway. I got you. Uh, you know what? This is a very special moment here. Uh, there's no team in the NFL that treats their alumni the way that Mark Davis treats us. As a matter of fact, I don't think there's any sports league in the All-America that, treat, that we get treated like this, man. It's a really special moment, man. You get a chance to see different generations, you know. Yeah. You know, the OGs, as we call them, man. <laughs> and then we got, you know, some younger guys and the ones that are in the middle. So this has been a very... 
uh, exciting time to see the joy and, and the happiness on, on everybody's face. I mean, I was a bit here at the very first one, not here, it was in Napa in right. 2015. There was 50 guys, 51 guys. We have over 300 Raider alumni here. Why? Because they know that MD cares about us. Right. You know what I mean? And it's going to even grow from, from, from this to something even bigger. And it's, you know, when you play the game and you get out of the game, you know, it's good to know that you haven't been forgotten. Right. That's what it is. And, you know, Mark Davis, once a Raider, always a Raider. That's what this is all about, man. Because, you know what? It, in, in, in sports, you win and you lose. But right. what we have here, man, we're all winners, and we'll never lose this. You know, you mentioned no other franchise does that. Is there any reason why no other franchise does that? Yeah, because they ain't the Raiders. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> what about this year's team? Is there a different level of excitement you feel like with, with all they did in the offseason and how they've looked thus far? You know, I look at it like this. The Raiders are in Las Vegas now, and, and, and Mark Davis and the Raider organization, they went all in. See, like they just went all in. We got new coaches, staff, new general manager. We got Devontae Adams. We got Chandler Jones. We got other people that are coming in here, and they're all in. They're all in because it, it's going to be exciting. It's a different system, and I can't wait to see how these young ball players react to it. Speaking of Las Vegas, I remember you were a proponent even when this was first being discussed and this was all just, you know, uh, no, no, nothing was really set in stone yet. You said Las Vegas would be a great place. This would work out. How have you seen that manifest itself in, in three years? Why is this a good home for the Raiders? I, I, I tell you what, that, that, that last game they played against, uh, was it San Diego to get into the playoffs? Yeah, man? yeah, yeah. The Raiders are taking little steps to get where they need to be, you know. It doesn't matter how you get there as long as you get there. It doesn't matter how many steps you got to take and last year man it was just it was exciting the way we were able to get into the playoff situation and now we have new some new talent we have new coaching staff everything's different right now and i'm excited and we are as alumni to see what, what coach daniels does with this with the talent that he has and the mindset that he has to be able to put them in the best position that they can be in to win games so you know you we've said that there's over 300 of you guys here celebrating right so who talks the most trash who tells the most stories maybe lies well, but who tells the most stories the best stories are, are told by the ones that were that, that were in the 60s and the 70s okay i mean because those are stories you can't print in a book right right and you can't really share with anybody except with another brother of yours yeah uh they're, they're good stories they really are but you know what the mixture here man is just it's just phenomenal everybody's getting along with everybody even though all we don't everybody don't know everybody mm -hmm. that's okay man we all got one thing in common that's silver and black. Right, right, right. And that was on display in Canton, Ohio. We talked a long time in Canton, but to have a hotel rented out all in, in, in love for Cliff Branch and have yeah. all you guys there, how, how massive was that? That was emotional for me. Yeah. For me, because I, you know, I grew up watching Cliff, and Cliff became a friend of mine. We lived in Santa Rosa together. And when I got there and saw what was going on, uh, you know, the floodgates opened up, and I don't mind telling people that because yeah. when you love somebody, you got to express that. Right. And what Mark's, Mark's love for Cliff was on display in Canton. Everything you were there, you seen yeah. it. I mean, yeah. elevator doors. I mean, I was in the bathroom drying my eyes off from the tears from everything else. And I looked up in the mirror, and there was Cliff behind me. There was a picture of Cliff in the bathroom. I said, "Damn, Cliff's everywhere." Yeah. But that right there, 
that was really special. And, you know, Mark Davis, he's, he, he, when he says once a Raider, always a Raider, that's what he means, man. I mean, just look at the amount of guys yeah. that have signed up to come here for this. Started from 50 guys in, 19, in 2015 to what it is today. It's awesome. Is there any guys that you look at and you say, man, I wanted to meet them. I hadn't met them before and I meet them now. Yeah, especially, the, you know, some of the older guys. Yeah. When I grew up there, you right. know. But I, I, but I met most of them, man. I just love, you know, hanging around, you know, Freddie yeah, you know, yeah. and Phil Villapiano, Art Toms. And just those guys were in Santa Rosa when I was there, yeah. you know, and, and Banazak and, 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 and it just... Henry Lawrence, it's just, it's just, you know what, it's a family here. It right. really is. I, I can't say it any, I don't know how to put it in, in words any better, but family is what it's all about. Right. And it's a genuine love for everybody that's here, man. And we all care about each other. Before I let you go, you mentioned Santa Rosa. Were you in those uh, air hockey tournaments with uh, Villapiano? Were you around? No, I was a kid watching. I wasn't old enough. Okay. To, I wasn't old enough. But, but you know about the stories of well, the air I, hockey well, tournaments. When I became a Raider, they, we, we had air hockey, pass a picture, you know. We yeah. had a couple different tournaments with Republicans. Okay. Yeah, but no, they're they're legendary, they're legendary yeah. tournaments. But that's what makes camaraderie, man. That's what that's why this team is willing to do whatever. We're all willing to do whatever we need to do to protect each other right now to this day. That's awesome. Well, it's good right. to see you again, my man. All right. There's my conversation right there with former Raider linebacker Jerry Robinson. Good to catch up with that dude. He's he's a fun guy. He really is. So uh, appreciate the time I had with him there. And uh, you heard a couple others, but uh, for the most part, it's me and uh, Jerry Robinson. Uh, one more quick conversation I had with Steve Wisniewski. You heard when he was on my radio show on Radio Nation Radio 920. Heard a very lengthy conversation. Well, I also caught up with Wisniewski uh, right before that final preseason game for the Silver and Black Raiders and Patriots. And here's that conversation. Here at Allegiant Stadium with Steve Wisniewski. And, and how's this feel? You know, you're here with over 300 of your brothers. We talked about it just the other day on the radio, but now you're actually here in Allegiant Stadium and everyone's here. How's this feel? Absolutely fantastic. Even better than we expected. You know, <laughs> there's over 300 guys, many of whom haven't been back in over a decade. But it's family, guys from in legends from every era are here. And uh, family coming together, stories, guys you haven't seen in years, you turn around and we're embracing, giving each other a hug. And now it's time for Raider football. We are so right. pumped. I tell you, talk about the 12th man. It's a preseason <laughs> game, but we, we want to come out of the rafters for this one. Yeah, how exciting is that to be in Allegiant Stadium as, as beautiful as this building is to see this game that's going to happen tonight. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. This stadium, if you haven't been, second to none in the league. Many of us haven't been here for a regular season or preseason game, so it's a first time for many of us, and we're absolutely thrilled. You know, and you mentioned the fact that everyone's telling stories. What are those stories like? How, how much of them have been lies? How much of them have been a really good truth? Well, it's about half and half, but it, it, a funny example, guys you haven't seen in, in decades, right. maybe not even heard of, thought of them. Mm -hmm. Today I'm walking out of the, the, uh, the lobby and I get a tap on my shoulder and I turn around and it's Andre Risen and, and right away the name comes right back. Right, I'm like, right. Andre, you know, and I'm giving him a great big hug. And we start telling stories and laughing. And that's the brotherhood. That's the family. That's the once a Raider, always a Raider. It truly is a, a very powerful thing. You know, and that's something Al Davis started. But how important is it that Mark Davis kept that going and, and keeping it alive and, and well, really? Absolutely. You know what? Just last night, I saw Mark walk into a team dinner that they had sponsored for us. I ran right up to him. I said, Mark, I just want to tell you thank you. Yeah. I said, you get nothing out of this organization, gets nothing in return. And it's such a nice thing. And he said, no, 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 we get a lot in return. Right. And I said, well, I mean financially. You don't do anything you know, mm -hmm. in return. 
um, but it's powerful. And he and his father have always believed that former players are, are the ones that paved the, the road, that, that built this organization into what it is today. And that's just a refreshing and unique perspective. You know, I've asked a lot of former Raiders this. What does it mean to be a Raider? Man, again, it's part of a family, something bigger than self, you know, and you're part of a family. And you realize when you're a player that you represent those who went before you. And even now, when I do an appearance, I realize I want to represent well Mm -hmm. um, and reflect well on the organization. There's my conversation with former Raider offensive lineman Steve Wisniewski, alumni weekend at Allegiant Stadium. It was great to be able to catch up with all those guys. And that's all of them. That knocks them all out. Jim Plunkett, Jerry Robinson, Raymond Chester, Mike Haynes, Phil Villapiano, Steve Wisniewski. Newski, Marcus Allen, Tim Brown finally got through all of them. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, going to react to what a very sharp NFL mind has said about the Raiders. He said it on NFL Live. We'll let you hear about it. We'll react to it and talk about how it could come to fruition if the Raiders can get this one area of the team Shored up. We'll tell you what that is. All coming up in segment number two after I tell you about the title sponsor of the show, which is Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You can pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. So think about this. If you pick Darren Waller, Devontae Adams, and Hunter Renfro, and you have them all picked to win or have a score a, a certain amount of, of points, and they do score those points or more, you can win. It's just that simple. Uh, you just have to feel confident in your picks. And of course, on top of that, they're going to hook up first-time users as well. You can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 if you use the promo code Locked on. You're not competing against any other people. It's just you versus projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, college football. How much fun was there this weekend with college football? They got that. Of course, when it's basketball season, men's college and women's college basketball. WNBA, the Aces, one game away from being in the finals. All you got to do is go ahead and make your projections. Again, pick two to five players. Entries could be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. All you got to do is download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users, again, can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. You deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. You deposit $50, guess what? Prize Picks is going to give you $50. So don't forget to use the promo code locked on and sign up for that instant deposit match up to $100. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast as it is game week. Chargers coming up on Sunday. Can't believe we've already made it now to officially the first week of the NFL season. But here it is coming up on Sunday. Excited about the opportunity that the Raiders have not only on Sunday against the Chargers, but all season long believe this team is going to be a really good team of course there's a lot of questions uh, about every team but there's still some questions when it comes to the silver and black but we know the opportunity that they have we know the offensive weapons that they brought in Devontae Adams being that main guy of course Darren Waller still being there Hunter Renfro Derek Carr Josh Jacobs Josh McDaniels think that's a big deal you know he's going to be able to get the most out of the offense I found it pretty interesting while I was watching NFL live and had to hear what Marcus Spears was talking about he started talking about the Raiders and really said They could be the best team in football if they can get this figured out. Check out what he had to talk about. Don't let the Las Vegas Raiders defense get hot with new defensive coordinator Patrick Graham. This offense is going to be hell on wheels, y'all. You got to determine who you're going to cover on that side of the ball. But if this team come together 
up front and on the back end, if they get some synergy with Trevor Morrig and they put Abrams around that box and they are able to cover people, the, you may be looking at a team that we may be counting out a little bit too early in this AFC West arms race. I know we're going to talk about Waller and we're going to yeah. talk about Adams and Hunter Renfro and Derek Carr. If this Raiders defense get hot, you may be looking at the best team in football. Whoa, hell of a statement right there from one Marcus Spears. And one, he's a guy that I really respect. I think he's very sharp when it comes to being an NFL mind. Obviously a longtime player in the league, but he's one of those that I really respect that you can see and find on ESPN all the time, NFL Live. And, you know, when you talk about the expectations for the Raiders this upcoming season and you heard him talk about the offensive firepower. Of course, that's all you immediately think of is the offensive firepower. The one question is always going to be, yeah, but can their offensive line protect Derek Carr, right? And I'm sure everyone, when I talked about this sharp NFL mind, says the, the Raiders could be the best in football if they could fix this up. I know everybody and their mother went immediately to the offensive line, but he's not talking about the offensive line. He's talking about the defense. And you know, it's funny. I mentioned in segment number one how there has been no outside offensive linemen signed to the active roster right now. I feel like the Raiders think that they have... They're okay. You know, they're not in great position with the offensive line, but I feel like they think that they're okay. Now, are they? Who knows? We'll see sooner rather than later. Of course, they have a massive test coming up on Sunday when you have Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack both trying to get after Derek Carr. So that's going to be a great early test for this Raiders offensive line. But assuming that they figure out exactly what they need to do to protect Derek Carr one way or the other, if it's with their offensive lineman, if it's with another tight end, if it's with running back, whatever the case may be, whatever they have cooking, I love how Marcus Spears talked about the defense. If they can get this defense playing at a good high level under Patrick Graham, they could be the best team in football. He didn't say the best team in the AFC West. He said the best team in football. And, you know, you, again, you look at the offense and pick your poison, right? I mean, the, the, the offensive firepower is just incredible. From the wide receivers, tight ends, obviously the running back room is incredible, and I think Josh McDaniels is the X factor that people aren't talking about enough, how much he brings to the table. So funny, I was doing uh, the the Locked On Podcast Network's uh, you know AFC West kind of ultimate crossover. Uh, we were recording that on Friday. As a matter of fact, I believe it's out right now. You can check it out. And everyone was talking about, oh yeah, but Josh McDaniels, uh, you know, he failed in Denver, and I mean that's still like the narrative that they're hanging on to, and I, I really. I, I kind of laugh at that. Like, okay, there's no reason for me to even try to defend that because that was so long ago. If that's the narrative you're holding on to, then I think that you're going to be um, shockingly surprised when you see the outcome of what Josh McDaniels is able to do. And again, this is just for me being at practice, watching the way that he conducts everything, the way that he got this team cooking. I think that they're going to be really surprised when they see what Josh McDaniels is able to do as the head coach. But I, I, going back to what Marcus Spears had to say, I love what he's talking about when he comes to the defense. He said from the defensive line, of course, you got Crosby and Jones. The questions there are, can the defensive tackle step up and do their job? Can Hankins, Bilal Nichols, you know, Andrew Billings, can all those guys that they brought in, those all 300-pounder-plus guys, can they stop the run and make teams one-dimensional? That's going to be what it comes down to. You've got to be able to stop the run. You've got to be able to provide some pressure from the interior part of the defensive line. And if you can do that, the guys on the outside, the Crosbys and the Jones, are going to be that much better. And I think an X-factor, I'll just go ahead and point this out is going to be Malcolm Kuntz along that defensive line I think he's going to be a guy that could pin his ears back and get after the quarterback and get a nice handful of sacks this upcoming season what do you have three last year in limited snaps 
I expect him to be a lot better this upcoming year. And it's still going to be a limited amount of snaps. But he's a guy that just happens to take advantage of all the opportunities he gets. I mean, I don't know what it is about Koontz, but when he gets in the game, he gets that opportunity, pins his ears back, and he gets after the quarterback. So, okay, so that's the defensive line that he's talking about. But then you heard him bring up Trayvon Merrick. Uh, he could be an X factor with, you know, really with Jonathan Abram. Jonathan Abram's going to be a guy that, as we've seen so far in the preseason, he played one, a lot of preseason football, but played close to the box. And that's, again, where Jonathan Abram is going to thrive. I've said it many times. I think Jerron Harmon is going to be a big-time factor in the back end of that Raiders defense. He's a guy that just finds the ball. He's a guy that, you know, just knows how to come up with, with turnovers, and that's what this defense is going to have to do. So if they're going to become the team that Marcus Spears said they could potentially be with that defense, they're going to have to create turnovers. And that's something I've talked about quite a bit, either on the radio show or the podcast. Turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. Nate Hobbs, I think he's going to have a hell of a season. I think he's that next great defensive back for the Raiders. And, of course, the Raiders have had uh, history on top of history on top of history of having great defensive backs. I think Nate Hobbs is about to be unleashed this year. And why I think he's going to be unleashed, he's going to be all over the field. Uh, He's going to be on the outside. He's going to be on the inside. Hell, they could put him at safety if they want to. Nate Hobbs is just a football player, and I think he has such a big opportunity this year to be that guy. Now, there's questions I have with Rocky Asin. I know a lot of people are excited about him, but uh, coming out of Temple, I was excited about him. But in Indianapolis, let's be honest, he underachieved. So can Rocky Asin fit in this scheme under Patrick Graham and Jason Simmons better? You know, can he be that guy, that press man cover that they're looking for? Uh, he's a very strong dude, former wrestler. So he's got that in his in his DNA. So he, he can, you know, apply that to his trait. I think he's a good guy, but he just hasn't really uh, achieved at the level of expectations since coming into the league. Uh, Anthony Averett, he was put into into uh, service last year with the Baltimore Ravens. He had to he had to be pressed into to action because they had so many guys injured and he did pretty well. So I think that secondary is something that you look at and pay attention to, but there's playmakers there. So if you look at the defensive line, you got Crosby, you got Jones. Those are playmakers. You look in the secondary, Hobbs, uh, Anthony Abritt, uh, those, are, those are guys that are, are playmakers. And, and remember, you got Sam Webb, a guy that made Trayvon Mullen, a former second-round pick, expendable. They traded him to Arizona because they felt like that they had a good secondary that was going to be able to move forward and play the style that they want. So uh, you feel like there's playmakers there in the secondary. Merrick. Abram, Jerron Harmon, the safeties. You feel like there's some playmakers there, right? Merrigan Harmon alone could come up with five or six interceptions themselves, right? I mean, I think those guys are going to have opportunities. So that's a playmaker right there. And then when you look at the linebackers, Perriman, Diablo, Jayon Brown, you want to talk about a guy who nobody's talking about? Jayon Brown, I think that was a sneaky good pickup that they had from Tennessee. Got him on a one-year deal. This is the kind of guy that can drop in coverage. This is the kind of guy that's going to come up with some interceptions here and there. You know, he's going to he's going to turn the ball over a few times, right? Where Denzel Perryman is a guy who's going to come downhill. He's going to make a lot of tackles because he's a tackling machine. Diablo, you feel like he's sneaky athletic, and he's going to be able to run with some guys, uh, you know, drop into coverage. But Jayon Brown is a guy that I think we're going to talk quite a bit about this upcoming year. I like the depth behind him as far as uh, Luke Masterson and, and Darian Butler, those uh, those undrafted free agents that made the squad. But uh, when you look at those linebackers, I look at Perryman and Diablo and look at Jayon Brown and say that guy could also be a big factor. So you heard Marcus Spears, if they can get this defense cooking, and what have we said for years? Just be a top 15 defense. I mean, seriously, if they could be a top 15 defense and do a lot better as far as their red zone defense. Remember last year, their red zone defense was horrific. They were dead last in the league in her in red zone defense. I mean, if you got to the red zone, you were scoring a touchdown. If they can eliminate that, even cut that in half, 
then they're cooking with grease. And so far, what we saw in the preseason, they were able to do that more times than not. They were able to force teams to kick field goals, even when they got down there by the goal line. And I realize that's just preseason, so you can't hang your hat on what you saw, everything you saw in the preseason, because, again, we saw the Raiders go 4-0. doesn't mean that they're going to go 17-0 during the regular season. But uh, if that defense is worth the salt and it can make some teams, force some teams just a couple times a game, kick field goals instead of scoring touchdowns, that's going to be a recipe for winning a lot of games. You know, if you if you force a team that gets into the red zone twice to kick field goals, they get six points instead of 14 points. That's a huge swing. That is a massive swing. And that could really help this Raiders team win some games. So I thought that that was pretty interesting what I heard from Marcus Spears and wanted you to be able to hear it. And, you know, as much as we talk about the offensive line and this team's only going to go as far as the offensive line, it really might be this team's going to go as far as the defense allows them to go. And if that's the case, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I think that Patrick Graham is a hell of a defensive coordinator, and I think he's going to do his job really well. I like Antonio Pierce, the linebacker's coach, with that experience in the league, playing at the highest level, winning the Super Bowl ring so he knows what it looks like. Jason Simmons, the secondary coach, a good dude. You know, really good dude. I think he's uh, doing a good job so far with those guys in the secondary. So there's a lot to like about what the Raiders have going on. Now they got to go out there and execute, and it starts this week with the Chargers in L.A. at SoFi Stadium. So that's all I got for you for segment number two. Your thoughts, your calls, and texts are coming up next, 707-654-4693. This is the Locked On Raiders podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with a text from Bill in the 301. He says, hey Q, it's Bill in the 301 listening to the podcast today and the interview with Rich Eisen. It was a great show as it always is, but when Rich shared his concern about the offensive line, my mind came to the same conclusion. I've been thinking all offseason, every time someone brings up the offensive line as a possible impediment to the Raiders' success. That thought is the line is no worse than it was last year, but every other aspect of the team got better, especially the offensive play calling. If the Raiders could win 10 with that line and no number one receiver, I'm not concerned about the line stopping them from winning 12 this year. I'm curious of your thoughts of that. I hope you have a great Labor Day weekend. And I'm looking forward to getting the season started next week. Go Raiders. That's from Bill in the 301. And you bring up a really good point, you know, and, and a couple people pointed that out on my radio show. Like, Q, the offensive line was just as bad as – you know, last year as it is right now, right? And now they don't have Alex Leatherwood, so that's one liability that they don't have. Can Jermaine Illuminor hold down that right tackle position? You know who Colton Miller is going to be, right? I mean, Dylan Parham, what's he going to do at that left guard spot? Lester Cotton, I mean, there are a few different guys that are in spots that you haven't seen tested on the regular. And remember, when Jermaine Illuminor was out there last year, he wasn't very good. Right, And so now you have two new guys in Lester Cotton and you have D Dylan Parham. And if they hold up their end of the bargain, then this offensive line could actually be better than it was last year. But down the stretch, those final four games of the regular season, the offensive line got better, and especially uh, run blocking. They were able to really open up some holes for Josh Jacobs. So, you know, again, I think that Josh uh, McDaniels is going to be able to scheme some stuff up, especially early on in the season, just to try to help out with the offensive line, just in case they, you know, they do struggle out the gates. But, you know, they got some early tests, man. They play every single one of the division opponents before their bye week, right? In the first five weeks, they've played every team, the Broncos, the Chargers, and the Chiefs. So it's going to get an early test, obviously starting this Sunday, against the Chargers, Joey Bosa, and Khalil Mack. Thanks so much for that text, Bill. Appreciate you. Next up, got a call from Raider Miles from the Mile High. He's calling to talk about this season and what he feels everyone is missing and forgetting about. Here he is, Raider Miles from the Mile High. Q, Raider Nation. 
This is Raider Miles from the Mile High. Man, I'm super excited about this season, man. I'm going to be in Vegas the weekend of the Bronco game. Uh, last year, I actually came out there for the Chargers game. Went to the bar that you uh, had that Saturday night thing at. I forgot the name of that one, but right before the game, whew, nothing but Chargers fans in there. Walked through there, raided up, hit them, hit them up, and then left. Went to the tailgater uh, bar pretty close to the stadium and had a ball, man. It was great. But anyway, man, the reason or why I'm excited is, man, I've heard a couple of times, man, a couple of thing I heard a couple of times, man, and people aren't paying too much attention to. But but first, just like everybody else, I'm I'm, I'm excited about our skilled positions. They are amazing. Um, I remember I called for Jacobs after his rookie season that next year. I called in predicting a, a 2000 yard season so obviously i'm a fan of him and i believe in his talents but uh what i also like man is uh josh mcdaniels his second go around is in working with the veteran Derek carr it's not like he's had i know he has a system it's not like he's working with some rookies you know Derek's seen a whole lot of stuff he's worked in gruden's offenses he's worked in all so he's read defenses so he knows what's not any bs you know that won't work uh, so, so I love that. And then ha- what you're hearing is just McDaniel's is it, everything is, is is solid. His schemes are solid, and he has so much detail. So you love that. But what I love the most, man, what has me the most excited is Josh McDaniel's impact on defense. Um, side note, <laughs> thinking about a uh, Cleveland Farrell, it, it was was it me or was it a little bit different on? One of his interviews when he was referring to Patrick Graham and Paul Gunther as PG in the same interview, who <laughs> threw me off. But but anyway, uh, Patrick Graham, you know, coordinating our D this year hasn't looking good. You know, our number twos shut down the Patriots' number ones, and of course we expect our number ones to be better than our number twos. So you have that going. But in each interview, when you when you hear people talk about Coach McDaniel's like Renfro and Adams and Carr. They throw in Madam uh, McDaniel's knows exactly what RD is doing. He's really involved with that. They just throw it in there real quick. So you see, he's taking ownership of everything, man. He's not pointing fingers. He's just extremely involved in it all, man. And I love it. Except for like the personnel, he leaves that to Zig. But you know, he all he does is focus on football, man. And who better? Love it, man. If you haven't bet the over for the season, you're robbing yourself. Raider Miles from the Mile High. I'm out. There he goes. That's Raider Miles from the Mile High. Thank you so much for that call, my man. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, it does feel like Josh McDaniels is going to give Carr really a good chance to shine, right? Uh, and what I really noticed about his play calling, not only do I believe the play calling is better than what the Raiders have had in years, the fact that it's always in a rhythm. If you notice how quickly the call gets in, how much time is on the play clock when the quarterback gets to the line of scrimmage, you know, it's just the timing of it. It's just so rhythmic, and that's what it has to be. Instead of uh, sitting there and taking your time, getting the play call in, and then all of a sudden you see the guys rushing and looking like they're, you know, kind of out of sorts, it's just boom, 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 boom. I mean, even early in the preseason, you were seeing the ball snap with 17, 16, 15 seconds left on the play clock. I mean, it's just something about that. As far as the defense goes, Oh, yeah, Josh McDaniels knows about the Raiders' defense. I mean, he's all over the field at practice. He's everywhere. And I don't mean everywhere in, like, a menacing way, but he's just he's just 
keeping up to date on everything as a head coach needs to do, but has guys in place that he trusts, like a Patrick Graham, like an Antonio Pierce, to do their job. Tom McMahon, special teams. Yeah, he'll he'll hover over just to check out, see what's going on, stay up to date with it, but it's not like he's he's getting in every every drill and saying, no, you do it this way. You know, it's just he's not that guy, right? He's, he's learned to delegate, and he trusts the guys that he has put in position. I think that's going to be a big deal. This coaching staff has a lot of really good coaches. I don't expect Patrick Graham to be a Raiders defensive co- coordinator very long. I think he's going to be a head coach in the league. And I don't think that Champ Kelly, the assistant GM, is going to be an assistant GM in the league very long. He's going to have his own squad sooner rather than later. So uh, those are just two guys that I point out right there. But a guy like Antonio Pierce, I could see him becoming a defensive coordinator sooner rather than later. They have Rob Ryan as a defensive analyst. He's going to be a defensive coordinator. I mean, he could easily, if Patrick Graham were to leave, he could easily end up taking that role. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys that have been in the league coaching for a very long time that are currently on this Raiders squad. So I, I think that that's also a nice advantage for him. So thank you so much for that call. I appreciate you. Uh, got time for about one, maybe two more texts. Got this text from Jimmy S. in Houston. Q, I'm as excited about this season as anyone, but I'm pretty concerned about the right side of the offensive line. I started thinking back to the 2006 season when Art Shell had a miserable 2-14 season. The Raiders played in the Hall of Fame game that year and won, and then won their next three preseason games, finishing 4-1 in the preseason. Everyone was feeling good, and then we played the Chargers on 9-11 to open the season and got shell-shocked uh, 27-0. Aaron Brooks got sacked seven times. Then Walter got sacked two more due to an embarrassing bad offensive line. There are too many coincidences in that season opener to the 2022 one, and I hope we don't see a repeat performance. In my heart, I don't think it'll go down the same, but, man, it can cause some night terrors thinking about it. Regardless, I can't wait for Sunday. Go Raiders. That's Jimmy S. in Houston, and I'm glad you brought up that season uh, with Art Shell because, man, I bring that up on the radio show all the time, especially when the Raiders went on their 4-0 run in the preseason, saying just because you see a team win all their games in the preseason doesn't mean that they're going to be lights out in the regular season. And yeah, they went two and 14 after having a very dominant, uh, you know, preseason. I don't believe that that's going to be what's going to happen this year under Josh McDaniels. Um, and that offense was terrible under who was it? Um, uh, Tom Walsh. Was it Tom Walsh? The, um, and that was, that was Art Shell's buddy who was, who was, where was he at a bed and breakfast? He was running a bed and breakfast hotel when Art Shell decided to, to hire him as offensive coordinator. That was terrible. Um, you know, there was a lot of terrible that went along with that, but, uh, yeah, I understand the similarities with the hall of fame game, all that stuff. I mean, I look, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I just think that it'll be a lot different this, uh, upcoming year with, uh, with Josh McDaniels. I, I don't think that you're going to see anything that looks anything similar to what Art Shell had. As far as the right side goes, it's, it's, it's fair to be concerned about that right side of the offensive line. You know, again, Jermaine Illuminor looks like he's going to be the starter there. Looks like Lester Cotton's going to be the starter at the right guard position, and they're going to have to step their game up. And their test against the Chargers is going to be a massive test. Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. You think Khalil Mack wouldn't want nothing more than to go out there and dominate against his former team? And Joey Bosa is always a guy that talks trash about the Raiders and Derek Carr, so you know he wants to go out there and dominate as well. Uh, it's, a, it's a good, you know, it's a good question. It's understandable to wonder what the hell is going to go on, but I just think that Josh McDaniels is going to be able to scheme something up a little bit better than what uh, Art Shell and, and uh, his buddy Tom Walsh was able to do, the bed and breakfast dude as the offensive coordinator. So thanks so much for that text, my man. I appreciate you, and Sunday should be a lot of fun. Uh, let's get one more quick text in. We'll take it from the new Jay Wash. He says, the more I hear from Clee, the more I like the person and see why he continues to be part of the team. He's a glue guy. Not flashy, but things are better with him around. Like seeing him playing in this defense. 
Lance. Again, that's from the new Jay Wash. And yeah, man, it was so funny when I talked to Cleve Farrell following that fourth preseason game and I talked to him in the locker room and just his attitude and the way he was positive and, you know, I am learning, I'm doing everything that the coaches asked me to do. For a guy who missed the majority of training camp, I thought it was his days were numbered. You know, I thought he was going to be cooked, and he sounded very confident. You see he goes and makes the 53-man roster, and even in that game, that fourth preseason game, man, he played inside, he played outside, he dropped in coverage. I mean, he's willing to do anything and everything that these coaches ask, and that's something that I believe that they really respect. Now, I don't know how long his career is going to be with the Raiders. I'm assuming it'll be this year and then done. But you never know. He might go out there and ball out and really be that guy. But you can never get upset with a guy like him with the attitude he has because his attitude is absolutely positive, uh, you know, and he's just one of those guys, as you mentioned, man, a glue guy. He's just out there trying to get it done. Look, I see why the coaching staff drafted him. They just drafted him at the wrong spot. They drafted him way too high. At number four overall was just all bad. Now, if they had selected him in the first round but late, like if they had selected him where Jonathan Abram was selected, then we wouldn't be talking about him like that. We wouldn't say, oh, man, he's uh, you know he was highly overdrafted. No, you'd probably say, okay, maybe they reached a little bit. Maybe he was a, you know early second-round guy, late first-round guy. Maybe, but... The expectations wouldn't have been as high as they were with him being number four overall. But thank you so much for that text, my man. I definitely appreciate you. And that's going to do it for today's show. It's a wrap on today's show on Labor Day. Hopefully uh, you're having a good Labor Day. Maybe you're getting a barbecue on, hanging out with the family and friends at the house, relaxing before the grind starts. I know that's for me. That's what I'm doing, relaxing at the house before the grind starts. We haven't had a media session in what seems like forever. We're actually going to be able to meet with the coach tomorrow at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, so that's something to look forward to. And uh, boom, here it is. It is game week. So uh, Raider Nation, thank you so much for making the Lockdown Raider Podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the show free and available on all platforms. Till tomorrow, Red Nation, we'll have more calls, we'll have more texts, we'll have more uh, conversation pieces, more news and notes, and all that good stuff all coming up on tomorrow's show. Until then, Red Nation, stay safe, take care of your family, love on your family, and most importantly, as always, just win, baby.